0: Hi there and welcome to Get Your Shine Box. We're here with my brother Chris and myself, Tristan. We. This is a podcast about, well, about us, if I'm honest. <laughs> it's about the movies that influenced us growing up uh, as movies and TV... Were our babysitter,
1: pretty much. Bro. Well, mostly parents, truthfully. I mean, uh, and we've talked about this before, but I mean, yeah. I think the films are dad. Yeah. And like kind of TV is mom. Yeah. And not that there's a hierarchy between the two. It's just, I always think like film was so unaccessible, especially yeah. when we were little kids, uh, where TV was always there. I mean, Jack Tripper's like that weird uncle who had those two <laughs> gorgeous roommates. <gorgeous movies>. Yeah, <laughs> but he was definitely trying to get in on, but just, you yeah. know, could quite thread the needle. He slept with Larry at least once. Well, at you know, like, least once. He had that chest hair. I mean, how do you say no to that? I mean, right. it's like a big puppy. It is a yeah. massive jungle. like a <laughs> yeah, wookie that, carpet. That's it. No kidding. Wonderful. He was the Chewbacca. He was the Relationship too. He's got yeah less of a Han feel. That's right. So this is this is not an advice show.
0: This is not no. a movie review no, show.
1: No, no, we're nothing to nobody other than to really t- t- to point ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so I think hey, hey. note for you. Hey. You're funny as hell. Keep doing what you're doing. You're cracking me up. Hey, you're doing good, too. Yeah, you thanks, know? man. Thanks. Are we doing this? We do- is this happening? I know. This is like the nicest we've been to each other probably ever. Yeah, at
0: least in the last five minutes. So well, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if you get nuggets of wisdom out of this, then so be it. But we're going to talk about our experiences here, and we're going to focus today specifically on uh, a movie that both of us watched uh, at different points in time uh, in our in our early childhood, and that movie is David Lynch's... Doom.
1: Yeah, so like, you know, time wise, this is 1984. So this yeah. is I'm like 11, yeah, maybe. Uh, and we definitely didn't see this in theaters. Like, this is something like po- yeah. well, <laughs> neither did anyone.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I was going to ask you actually if sure. you had seen it in theater. I didn't. No. Do you uh, remember it being like uh, advertised? Do you see any trailers? No. Do you remember the, this presence at no. all?
1: Oh, here's the thing. Like when. No one could go wrong on sci-fi. They went wrong on sci-fi. Like, I think, honestly, you could have thrown a uh, action figure and, uh, I don't know, a backpack at it, yeah. a lunch kit, and people would have been like, holy shit! Like, but none of that happened. I was completely oblivious. So here, when we were growing up, we were living in Fort McMurray, and so around this time, uh, the only place we could rent movies was The Brick. The brick. Yeah, and the brick had, like, a pretty narrow selection. (laughs) So I can tell you, the guy, the distributor for Dune, was probably in there going, look, I've got a bundle for you, you can't lose on. And somehow, (laughs) way in the back, in a rubber band, tucked against these other tapes, was this turd hole, Yeah, Dune. Dune. Exactly. Which actually turned out to be one of my favorite films growing up.
0: Yeah, but it took some introspection. Like, I think... Uh, and we'll get into this, but like um I, you, like you said, I didn't see any theatrical release. Obviously, I don't remember that at well, all. Well as an eight
1: year old out strolling no around. Kidding. The world, like, yeah. Mm, delicious.
0: Yeah. Look, critique. I wanna consume this two and a half hour, yeah, <laughs> introspective
1: religious super you know oh, God, uh, complex. No. Seriously, it's a Rubik's Cube of plot lines. Of- <laughs> I mean, we will definitely discuss, but I mean, Virginia Madsen shoehorn so much exposition oh, into the first geez. two minutes. Like, yeah. holy.
0: And it is like almost 10 minutes of exposition right at the beginning, just because you need to set the stage so much. And, and if I can recall correctly, I mean, I, we're not going to do all the um, hidden facts and all that kind no, of thing. No, but no. I do recall that there are versions where her narration wasn't happening necessarily at the beginning. But... I think it was a studio thing that they went to Lynch yes. with and yeah. went, hey, your music, your, your movie's fucking confusing.
1: No, I don't get it. Yeah, but it's not fair. <laughs> they gave him two, two hours to make like an a eight-hour movie, like yeah. other approaches to this film. So, I mean, subsequent to seeing the initial David Lynch film, we've yeah. also watched the sci-fi series and The Weird. Children of Dune. We yeah. actually did that just for shits and giggles not yeah. that long ago, actually when COVID was launching because we were just looking for fun things to do.
0: That's right. And, and we saw the massive shoulders of James McAvoy. <laughs> as he carried the children oh of doom. oh my
1: god like seriously the <laughs> atlas of actors like you know the sisyphus of pushing that thing up a hill and having the whole thing steamroller him backwards it's preposterous yeah but no he did he anyway. does an amazing job in that but but to your point how do you make that movie into two hours oh, yeah. so yes for sure virginia Madsen's voiceover work and you know sort of exposition is a piece yeah. i remember hearing too that when they first did the initial launch they had to give like audience members, a glossary. <laughs> like here's here's how the complex schemata of how these relationships work. Here's what a quesadilla satarack is. Yeah, that sounds like a delicious sandwich. Okay. okay. I think a quesadilla satarack little sauce on the side. Uh, does it come on rye? No, Cuz I love a good quesadilla. No. That's right. S- Saturack sandwich. Saturn. But
0: um, can you imagine you have to question the accessibility of your film when you have to fucking
1: give people Coles notes right no. before
0: they watch the film. You
1: are spelling disaster. <laughs> I mean, think about the lowest common denominator we're typically dealing with even now and we're in like a kind of a fairly tech friendly science fiction friendly yeah like yeah. kind of Marvel-friendly Much world. more digestible. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, everyone's... Well, not everyone, but people have probably seen the Denis Villeneuve uh, take on this, yeah. which, you know, again, the same sort of layers of complexity, but, you know, that's half a film at two and a half, you know, almost three hours.
0: Well, and, and he chose, um, unlike Lynch, to, to not like sort of splash the subtext everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, whenever anybody in the David Lynch is like thinking, it's all, it's all you know... <laughs> Uh, hmm. So You know, all this dialogue, totally. all this inner
1: inner um, monologue just like poured out to us. So and... here's you, the other actor, looking across at that person going like, this isn't awkward. Are you okay? Okay. No <laughs> I just had a mini <laughs> yeah. stroke. Seriously? You've been scene. staring
0: at me for five solid minutes. It's the spice. <laughs> it's the, it's
1: spice. the spice. I am high as F on this <laughs> sweet, sweet spice. So yeah, no, it's it's a really awkward... Uh, and like, kind of, like you say, kind of really dense yeah. for, for trying to get through it, like, you know, a two hour film. But again, like, truthfully, the more we got to see it, and this definitely prompted an interest in me in Ooh. science fiction in a different way. Because before that, yeah. you know, 80, well, you know, Star Wars, so you've got two Star Wars mm. films kind of under your belt. And maybe mm. the first Star Trek motion picture, which was
0: That's
1: a right. wild turd, but, <laughs> but Rathacon was Awesome. awesome like so incredibly good and so oh, i mean yeah. this is all part of my burgeoning you know sort of science fiction life and the way that they termed it when they were trying to make dune yeah was this is star wars for adults yes and it was it was really very much like a lot of politics and a lot of back and forth and a lot of very like very steep and interesting archetypes that they were yeah. trying to build into this so it's a cool film cool book obviously source material wow. is amazing the world built by um uh,
0: Frank Hebert, Frank Hebert, thank yeah. you, and and his son, I suppose, yeah. is 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 massive. Like it is so dense, and, and it's very uh, Tolkien esque in yeah. in a lot of its its world building and things like that. So Completely. The, so to capture that, to even attempt something like this, and and I, again, we're not going to go deep into uh, all the facts and and interesting nuggets per <laughs> se, but yeah. holy shit, like ever, like a ton of people tried to get this made. Yeah. I mean, yeah. most notably the. Um, um, um what is it? Oh uh, Yuronowski? Yurinowski or, or something like that. Yep. I, and and holy crap. I mean, that almost got greenlit. And and I know there's a documentary made about that whole process. And it's amazing. It's so fascinating. But it even goes back further, people really trying to get this film off its off its you know, off the ground in, in yep. into theaters. Yeah. And, and so my hat's off to Lynch and whatever
1: however you feel about it. What do you
0: love it? What do you hate it? You don't understand it. Whatever.
1: At least he gave it a red hot fucking go. Yeah. I mean, it's an ambitious throw, man. Like, yeah. you know what? It's it's cool source material. And, and truthfully, I think that that film still influenced and influences many science fiction since. Like, sure. the the costumes are so ornate and oh, so yeah. cool. And, you know, you look at sort of the details. We were watching, um, when we were watching the film, we are taking a look at the interior of one of the thopters. Mm-hmm. I was like... Holy smokes, like this thing has got rich Corinthian leather. Like oh. Ricardo Monteblon would have just been like <laughs> all over this thing. It was crazy cool. Like Wow, those details, you know. And you
0: mentioned actually when we were watching it, just when they first showed the still suits. Yeah. Like that's that I have to agree, that's one of my favorite interpretations of the still suits.
1: I actually feel like if I got lost in the desert and that costume was just kicking around. I'd give it a go. Well, I'd sure I would pee in and on that thing just All to absorb as much, much I would shower myself in my yeah, urine. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Obviously. Mm. Yeah, well I mean that's a gimmick. No kidding. I'd do it anyway. <laughs> so I mean this this just might happen to catch a few more droplets and you know save me some <laughs> some some uh itch. Oh, and but but lots of brilliant world building, brilliant oh. costuming,
0: attention to detail. I yep. mean yep. another thing we talked about briefly was um you know, Huey. The way that I get—I guess because um, the Denis uh, Villeneuve movie is so um, fresh in my mind—to yep. see this again and see the time they took on Doctor Huey, mm-hmm. you know, establishing like his motivations, of figuring out like what is that symbol on his forehead—it means he's he absolutely loyal beyond loyal. You yep. know, and yep. and the fact that he turns out to be. The,
1: the saboteur really in the end well this is why you eliminate him entirely is the one guy who probably could have been the saboteur because again that conditioning seems so rich and yeah. so like they, they painstakingly describe how impossible this could be except that it absolutely happened and, and the lever point of course was his wife like the one sort of true love of his life
0: yeah
1: so I think that was pretty cool
0: and that's, and that's why I loved it was, was that everybody had stake and everybody had driving force, you know, like, the, like Lynch did a good pace in that. Even though it's long, there's good establishing shots and things and, and maybe yep. some things kind of drag on or make no sense. Like the Baron being like controlled by the remote control, zipping around. Yeah, like uh, stuff like that totally. before we get introduced to Fade. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. okay. You know, but but uh, but the pace works for what he was establishing there. Yeah, and, and I cared. There was enough time and attention that I cared about everyone. I mean, look at we. I even knew and, and cared about, in a in a sense, of Brad Dorf. You know,
1: as um, the uh, mentat for the Baron. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, you know what? Um, and he's not always the easiest guy to gravitate to. Like he plays some pretty volatile characters. Ah, like geez, Brad Dorf's, I like know. I like him. I did too. I mean, I'm thinking we've talked about this, like in Deadwood. Yeah, like here's this crusty asshole and he's like, he's completely unlikable but he's yeah. got an amazing moral compass yeah. and in spite of everything else that he's yes. kind of being directed to do and what kind of a shipwreck he is as a human being yeah. the moral compass never never like varies it never stops yeah I mean, he's a he's a pretty cool guy but yeah, yeah. piter's a fun character yeah like i'm trying to think in and, and other iterations of that character too i don't think anyone really kind of captures the cuckoo yeah or the devotion to the baron harkonnen in the way that he does
0: i could not for the life of me tell you, who
1: played it in the sci-fi version. I know well, it's ideas, this weird Swede. Like, yes. no, it's I that's such it an odd hybrid film of, or well, a compilation of...
0: That's true, too. I guess it's, like, in, in part where it was filmed, but it didn't leave much of an impression. And if I think about the Denny Villeneuve, and this is not a comparison. No. Right? But um, I'm thinking about the individual who played uh, him in that uh, film. It's the same fellow who plays uh, Calendar, or, sorry, Polka Dot Man in Suicide Squad. Yep. Uh, who's in, like, in everything basically. Right. I don't yeah, know yeah. his name. But but um, you know what?
1: Just, you had such a powerhouse collection of people. Okay, so so tell me about you as a kid. So you're okay. watching this movie the first time. Not now, the last time you watched it, but the yeah. first time you're watching it. What are you taking away as an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old? Because probably by the time it got to video it was, you know, a little bit later.
0: Well, I, I think the biggest things that, and then this was just my frame of mind, I mean, raised with some of the most amazing 80s action in the world. And, you know. <laughs> totally. You know, so so um, with with amazing you know virtuosos like john mctiernan and things like that so um i was probably more focused on the fighting and stuff right. like that right <laughs> so is that too much oh no that's great uh, I'm, <laughs> just think, I'm just
1: thinking about predator right now as we speak and you know, watching schwarzenegger and uh oh know, step in with jesse the body ventura and just oh, no. you know kick I ass man <laughs> Yeah,
0: pretty good. So, um, okay, so so my mentality then was, was wanting, I, I consumed things that had really good fight scenes, probably easier yep. than any other think pieces. So I would have focused less on the intricacies of politics and, and the idiosyncrasies of the Atreides. Now, uh, having or being forced to take over Arrakis from the Harkonnens, but knowing it's a folly anyway, but, but I'm so I'm thinking about all the amazing things and I think what stuck out for me was was probably the concept of this this high tech society but with low tech weaponry yeah and I was like what like this what
1: where's oh, the laser gun I was where's gonna the, say you know you know and this is a shoehorn obviously that's yeah. not part of the books yeah. but the idea of the sound technology like uh, the the I'm your fine. voice being a weapon yeah. it was like fuck yeah like I I was all over this idea yeah. I remember like as a kid being out and like. Pretending in the woods and stuff because oh, at our house in Fort Yeah, yeah, yeah. At our, at our house in Fort McMurray, the woods yeah. were literally across the street. So I mean yeah. I you know, you're staring a bear down and you're like, sha-chi <laughs> And of course he tears your arm off. But yeah. I, you know, fair play. I pissed him off with my stunning, you know, voice powers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With yeah. the weirding. <laughs> it's like, you're worth your weight of ten men. <laughs> like just, What the hell? So here's the thing about science fiction yeah. too, just sort of in that era, yeah. why did everyone talk so stoically? The, the thing that struck me the first time I watched That's that movie was, yeah. everyone is like, no one talks to each other like normal humans. Everything is yeah. like, the weirding
0: way. Yeah.
1: Like it's. You will
0: become part of my tribe. Oh. And you, the man child, shall
1: become part of no, my, yeah, my like, siege. Okay. No <laughs> These are a bunch of like <laughs> desert crazy people. No one's having like <laughs> oh. Shakespeare night on like <laughs> the days of one of their big clips. It's freaky.
0: And I, it, no, it's true too, and maybe that's like a but that's a call over from a lot of sword and sorcery stuff around that
1: time. Yeah, well, and then you've got guys like Max von Sydow who know how to like deliver a line, right? And yeah, then, I mean, there's some pretty high caliber folks who are Jesus coming out of this. Hard. Yeah, I mean, so but anyway, I mean, this is a consistency too. Like you watch uh, Obi Wan Kenobi in mm. Star Wars, and you know his lines are not being delivered. Like, hey, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's always like yeah. the gravitas. That's it. Like, so, oh man the no, Force Luke she Kevin Hart starring <laughs> ass like just come on man. yeah or like no, not, there's not a chance that's going to happen so but and then you want that kind of epic raised scale but I mean the more yeah. that I was taking in movies as a little kid the more I was like well this is so interesting like I don't know how you carry yourself when you're speaking but oftentimes I find myself where I'm like I'm being too colloquial right now and I really I, I want to be like these guys like yeah. I want to be someone who can speak in a way that's like
0: yeah
1: you carry some weight so, I mean, I, I, I definitely know for a fact that right around that time, like once we moved out of Fort McMurray, and moved to St. Albert, we really yeah. got quite embedded in doing theater, both Tristan yeah. and myself. And a lot of times you're like... I always wanted a meaty role where I could be like, the power of Grace Like, I it. never had any of those. It was like, hey, Pappy, what's happening? And you're just like, way, <laughs> way, way, like what did you play in the uh, musical production of He Man? Uh, in, 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 no I was Orco. I was very poorly <laughs> cast. I'm in my sheet, uh, it's hanging around my junk. I'm looking ridiculous. Just, but the good news is I had a mask on, so yeah. no one could tell. No one could tell. We just put stockings on your legs. These really <laughs> disproportionate. Unfortunately, long stockings. The hovering was not
0: easy. It was not easy. No, that's no. okay. It was you on wires. Well, in theater, I mostly played animals. So,
1: <laughs> no. oh my god! So, just just so people have some context, Tristan, and I spent about uh, five or six years in the children, uh, yeah. Saint Albert Children's Theater. Yeah, and what was great was they always gave everyone a part, or they would try to. And the auditions were legitimate. Sure, you come in, you audition, you you would based on your audition actually get the role that you you know did well for. Yeah. Uh, But there was a lot of people, and there was a lot of written-in fake roles, Uh, like schoolmaster, or grandpa, or... Puppy number four. Puppy number four <laughs> was my breakout. That's it. I think you really shone there. I mean, when I others were going and licking their own privates, you really you committed to it. Because I way. licked
0: their privates, and I thought, like,
1: this is taking this to a realistic. That's level. an interesting choice. I think many critics commented on it. <laughs> also, so did Child Services. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that, uh, was, that was it was really, a dark period. Well, but you know,
0: <laughs> like like the Christian Bales of the world. Sometimes my art is explosive. That's... and so I get it. I get it.
1: You're so, a weird puppy.
0: So okay, well, okay. what like, and, and I know this is tough because it was a long time ago. But what could you, what could you capture as your big sort of impressions when you were young? Like, what, what was this? I mean, you talked about yeah. quickly about how it, it's you saw this these these large and and over the over the top kind of roles and the way that these actors would embrace it and capture it and how you were hoping in your theater career kind of to uh, have something similar. But what else? What, what else at this time? sort of like poked out at you.
1: Well, so there's the the idea of dark sci-fi, I think, was another big theme that started to come forward. So, I mean, you've got kind of two genres of of film right now that were really big for me. And I think you've really touched on the second one for sure, which was action, like action sci-fi. So you've got your predators, you've got your aliens, where things are just like crazy, killy, cool. And you're like, holy smokes, like this is awesome." awesome. And you just get supercharged by those moments. And then you've got kind of that other sci-fi element. So like the Star Trek, the Star Wars, yes. you know, it's established canon. You really have got like these sort of interesting characters, but it, there's not, it's not high stakes. Not in the same kind of way. It's, they're not really having adult exchanges in the same... It's all really high, high, high concept, right? Yeah. High epic, high yeah. value. Yeah. But the subtleties, like the little things that people will do. Yeah. One, one thing I've, I really appreciate about Dune is there's no real clear evil in it right even if you don't like Baron Harkonnen yeah he's not evil per se he's really just he's following a a philosophical kind of route and he's a crazy person doing it but I mean they're very much about like they want harmony amongst all of them I mean it's almost like they are socialism in some ways and the Atreides are like a type of democratic philosophic stance
0: yeah yeah that's an interesting perspective Uh, actually (coughs) because like if I had to point to a villain I mean uh, the Harkonnens do the most villainous acts in a sense. but I mean, what's what's neat about visiting now the books and thinking about like how the how the Atreides approached uh, arrakis and things like that. Mm-hmm. they weren't that crash hot either. they weren't as cruel or or, or overt as uh, um, you know the Harkonnens, but they brought, they were like, hey, we're going to bring, like, a new freedom, a new way of life. But yeah. it was their freedom and their way
1: of life that Absolutely. they were putting on the Fremen. Absolutely. And they still, <clears throat> yeah. they didn't open up the cat palace. They didn't move out of it. They didn't no. take away, like, their specific garden that was, like, taking away people's livelihoods <laughs> in the amount of water they could have distributed amongst others. Like, this <laughs> is still a very oh, yeah. self-centered, like, yeah, but sure. we can let you look at it. Well. <laughs> But they sent a lot of hashtags,
0: like hashtag blessed and hashtag hey. Oh, my God. Know, HR, Iraq is
1: strong. They, their HR people did a shitbang job of just making sure that people Basically. were like, I'm in. Yeah. I'm down for this. Oh,
0: these atrocities. Oh, oh yeah, I'll have another glass of water. Thank No look, kidding. Look. Oh, yeah. God. Hold on. Oh. oh. Just, sh- 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 no, you get it. I'm going to add bubbles to this to make it fizz. Like just just three amigos just oh, dumping that
1: canteen as it just pours out. Oh, Splashing sh- 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 it all over the place. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Zoolander and all the gas. Like just <laughs> Wake me up before you go. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Yeah. So for sure, I mean, that's what I, I mean. There really wasn't. I mean, you could point to a villain, but I think if you kind of step back a little bit further, yeah. I think it's a little bit more about really philosophy. And that's the yeah. subtle things that you do as a, a tactical move yeah. against your enemies. It's it's not that big, overt, grand gesture. Mm. It's a lot of kind of cool, subtle things, right? Like Yeah. Converting someone over to, to make someone who is absolutely conditioned to never mm-hmm. betray to betray. Yes. It's it's just it's a neat thing And so then as a kid when you start to see some of those things you're like, huh Do people actually do that kind of stuff? Because I think you're probably naive at like 11 or 10 Mostly about the higher level of of human interaction mechanics and the kind of subtle undermining that you can do that kind of becomes Like it's a learned skill. Yeah, you're not that great at it at 11. No, no, I've tried. No kidding. Yeah. When I tried to <laughs> become a, a, a party leader of a, of a certain uh, right. you know
0: political uh campaign, they hm mm, the subtlety's not there.
1: No, yeah. no, it's a lot of fart jokes. And uh yeah, no kidding. I could do things with my armpits that sound really naughty. <laughs> no, no kidding.
0: Vending machines full of candy corn. Yeah.
1: Like that. Well, for the masses <laughs> No, so for sure.
0: I, so I like that I like that in in, in intricate sort of power play amongst it and there's not a lot of um movies that that really embraced that that really went that far and so that was quite unique in that sense to have that well well, i think there were but there were none that i was
1: interested in right like i mean if you're uh when mom and dad were watching stuff i mean i'm sure there was lots of like high political intrigue but i want the science fiction so this was kind of like a nice way to pull me into something that eventually became actually kind of uh something I've always been fascinated with sort of since, so I think this maybe was a, a seed that germinated over time. Ah,
0: yeah,
1: well, I know that you, you you dabbled with the idea of maybe getting into some
0: politics. And I things did. Things like that. Yeah, about. yeah. And I wonder, I wonder because there is still, you know, there there is so much intricacy about, uh, you know, the the emperor, uh, you know, and his daughter and, and how he's trying to play both sides for his own gain, but hmm. he's beholden to the space... Spice travelers, the uh, um, what are they? The, the, the testicles, the, the maggot, the, no. yeah, the, the, the big, like, sp-
1: spermy sp- testicle yeah, thing, the, the space scrotum. <laughs> yeah, no, he uh, so I mean, whatever, that's all. Spacing guild, yeah, the spacing guild yeah. for sure, and even even the spacing guild emissary, like, who yeah. he mentions it. Like, I see plans within plans, yeah, and I think that's interesting. Like, not often are you given a chess move. Sort of understanding of a of, of plot interest, right? Like, mm-hmm. honestly, for audiences, for the most part, and especially with something as rich as that source material, like trying to make it dumbed down enough so that you could spell it out directly, I think it, that's that's tricky. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a nice execution that comes out of like David Lynch's approach. And, uh, yeah. you know, that one sort of overall plot point, there's a really, it's done well. I mean, to your point, yeah. you're looking for the action in it, right? Like, as a younger person, you're thinking, okay, mm-hmm. well, this is a science fiction movie. There's going to be lasers, yeah. there may be swords. <laughs> there's a de- but there's definitely going to be lasers. There's
0: lots of daggers.
1: There's lots of daggers. Yeah. um Yeah, so it's more like crawl in this respect than it is really like Star Wars.
0: It is, but even Kroll was far more simplistic. Oh, obviously, no,
1: I'm, you know, no like. question. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's not a layered film. <laughs> but you're right,
0: you're right. Like that's sort of amalgamation, I guess, of uh, old world more, tech, more tech. I mean, even in Star Wars, when I mean the, the lightsaber is an elegant weapon. I mean, it, it, but it's still tech. It's still high tech, absolutely. Whereas there's guys running around with like. You know, uh, various like high tech sort of equipment, but still they're like running into the the battle with daggers and things like that. <laughs> yeah, when, just like, when the Harkonnens do that, uh, like sort of counterattack, and and Duncan and his buddies are running in with like their, with like, a puppy with his. <laughs> well, that's Stewart, that's Patrick <laughs>
1: Stewart's, Stewart's got the dog.
0: Okay,
1: he's like, oh my god, space I'm like pug. that that yeah. space pug got fucking <laughs> murdered in the first four seconds of that. Like space puppy, <laughs> uh, yeah. like that dagger sticking out of him is, like, rotting there today.
0: But I want, like, a, yeah. uh, you know, uh, a deleted scene where, where Patrick Stewart whips the Pug at, like, a Sardaukai, you know, and he
1: shatters his mask and all yeah. the gas pops out of it and something like, thank you, Pug Thank Like Battle Pug! No kidding. Yeah. I didn't choose Pug Life. Just, <laughs> just for sure. That's he's going to be his tagline, right? Like, it's this oh, is God. this is on you. This isn't on me. Uh, but to think of, like, an
0: broad thing, right? Like, yep. I'm looking at all the... The sci-fi of maybe that caliber that I was absorbing at that time—it was just so unique in, mm-hmm. in the ways uh, that it, it it, really handled itself, and, and the way that um, it did. And, and even like the eight-year-old me, I'm sure had moments of thinking, like, "What? What? What is that? not just <laughs> what the fuck, but just no, like, no, for what? sure, like there was what definitely is this those moments too. Dynamic but... and neat, and the idea that yeah. that you know. Um, uh, Paul becomes part of the Fremen. He starts to lead the Fremen. And they didn't do this in the lynch as much, but established that the whole idea of the Kwisatz was implanted with the Fremen as a, as sort of like a survival Right, It's been
1: seeded across the universe. It's, it's sort seen. of the coming of the Messiah, and you know, yeah. it gives you hope. It's like something for the huddled masses, right?
0: So he was a talented guy who just managed to exploit that in the books, whereas here in the lynch, I think they, they actually thought that he was the Quid art yes satach no. and, it, and it's in the books it's a he, he kind of is but they they established more that it was it was more like a doctrine like a, like a religion that the Benny Gesserit had set up uh, and and Jessica and Paul exploited it at that moment yes because yeah, well, they needed to survive. They needed to live. Yeah, yeah, exactly
1: so. So, I mean, you know, what a nice set of coincidences. And it plays itself up in the beginnings, right? Like, even within the household, once they land, like, people hmm. are talking about the prophecy and they're talking about, like, you know, uh, the, the coming of, you know, uh, the Kwisatz Haderach. And so, yeah. for there, sure... There is a there... place
0: us women do not look. Yeah, what there. is that place? Like, yeah. do, w- do
1: you even understand what that sort of that mm-hmm. reference is about? Because, like... I, I sort of am like, so yeah. it's just you can bend space. Like w- women could be space skilled people. I don't know why that that's elusive for them.
0: Well, I don't know. I I, I think this goes along. You know what it is, mm-hmm. I, and um and it's hard to escape is the religious comparison is, is Paul uh, essentially being like fucking like Jesus?
1: Well, yes, yeah, space Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially in the sixties too. Like I mean, don't yeah. don't get me wrong. And I'm this isn't a show about like. Being crit- critical of religion, it will be. It's now about now. now it is. Suck it, Jesus. That we're going to change the name, <laughs> and I think that we've na- we've landed. A, uh, this is going to be a tentative title, but I, I yeah. really like where it's going yeah. because I think we're going we're, we're to get some. We're going to get some. We're going to get some viewership, but it's not going to be the right kind. No, no. no. Um, hopefully, Trump will endorse <laughs> endorse this podcast.
0: I don't think he's allowed to do podcasts at the moment. He's been banned.
1: Oh, good. Yeah, well, finally. No kidding. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a yeah produce ban on oranges. Uh, so, go ahead. so
0: okay, so did you did you get the religious undertones when you were young? Did that did anything mm. sort of parallel and expose? Because uh, I had no fucking clue no, until I watched it. No,
1: no, 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 I, I mean, I, I you know, you did. Like, I, I, I probably spent more time in church than you did. Yeah. Like, I think when we were going, I was, I was going through confirmation and such, and yeah. we never had to go through much of that. I mean, church is boring as hell, and you know, it's yeah. it's a tough slog. And but I mean, but I always thought that the storytelling was cool. Like, I, I actually really liked. The stories, but it's because I actually mm-hmm. thought of them as stories. I'm not taking them as canon. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, this is kind of a neat... Like, that's, that's never going to happen, but yeah, yeah. cool. Uh, but unfortunately, a lot of people are like, you know, they, they sort of read into these things. So I did see the parallels. I did understand where some of that was coming okay. from. But, um, but yeah, I think it was like... When I think about how the way that the movie did it versus like you say how the books did it. Yeah. Very much it was like this is the... He was... Like, Jesus. He was Space Jesus. He was Space Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And, and less of that idea of exploiting it, for sure. Yeah. And, and I I did get the parallel, but, I mean, at the same time, I, I was more intrigued by the idea of, like, you know, he can, he can get in people's minds. He can kill with a word. Like, it yeah. was it was the peripheral powers that he had. Like, cause you never hear Jesus killing people with his words. No. <laughs> kill him softly with his song, sure. But no, I mean, you never... <laughs> Jesus wasn't yeah. much of a killer. <laughs> not much. Loved to get killed, but just, you yeah. know, not yeah. really on the giving that. of that. get enough of that. No, no kidding. <laughs> he dug it, man. He dug it. Well, because he knew he was coming back. Like,
0: exactly, exactly. So, th- th- this isn't... Is
1: <laughs> yeah, dun, dun, yeah dun.
0: for sure. So, it, it, it's interesting that we tackle this film as well, simply because um, my my wife actually showed the kids... She started to watch this with the kids, right? How long did that last? Oh my god. Because it's it's a PG movie. Yes. Okay. And and we've been. But is know, it PG by like
1: today's standards? No, it's or was 80s it was a PG at the time. Oh, so it's, 80s it's PG 80s is, 80s is like, PG. oh wow. Like, I mean, you could get like nipples at 80s PG. Like oh, you yeah. see stuff. You could drop a few bombs <laughs> yeah. in it. And yeah.
0: definitely there was no real reigning of uh, a lot of sort of that visual horror and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, the way it is now. So so she started watching it with the kids, which I thought was interesting. I wasn't here for her, but she started watching it. <laughs> and she thought, Oh, dude, like this'll be a neat sci-fi." Because
1: 'cause sure. we're a big thing is we're trying to expose our kids to things that we loved when we grew up. Right. So okay. we've watched Indiana Jones, for example, with yeah. our kids, and yeah. we've watched like uh, Goonies and you know, yeah. there's a lot of these PG eighties films which, you know, mm-hmm. were kind of foundational to us. So I totally get that thinking.
0: Mm. But watching this, so she she had it on for a bit, and I think she got as far as um, well, the the Baron's first, like, fucking, like, medical session where they're oh.
1: extracting all the pus out of his, like, Okay, can face. I c- come back to that when you're done this? Because yeah. that has got emotional damage for me since. Oh,
0: yes. Oh, easy, Go easy. Ahead. But I think she, she sort of tuned off when the Baron decides to pull out this poor little flower boy's heart plug. Dave and... Foley? <laughs> <laughs> Dave Foley's heart plug. So, <laughs> if anyone who's seen
1: the film in the last little while, we grew up in yeah. Canada and, yeah. uh, there was an awesome, awesome, awesome comedy show that we grew up on yeah. called Kids in the Hall. Yeah. And one of the funniest people on that show, well, they're all unbelievably funny, but one guy is quite notable is uh, Dave Foley. And this guy looks like redhead Dave yeah. Foley with a shave down the middle and just <laughs> scared as fuck as his heart plug gets pulled out. Oh, yeah, because
0: the Baron's like, hes he's having a good time. He's living his best life. And, and he's enjoying the things he likes, he goes for a little oil bath, uh, mm-hmm. he's excited about his plans, being great, and he sees the little flower boy who's like planting these like like metal flowers into soil, I don't really get it, I don't know,
1: I don't just, know what's going on. Yeah, he's just like the Mexican landscaper, basically <laughs> who's like, <laughs> yeah. completely expendable on this, and I think one of the points we're trying to make is like, you know what, the Baron Harkonnen gives no shits, like yeah. no fucks given about no. anybody but... Kind of his, you know, inner circle. That's it.
0: That's it. Like people are expendable, and I know, I know now from reading the books that this could have been someone, like someone captured from another world that was then implanted. Likely a slave. In, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he wouldn't necessarily be, like, a regular Harkonnen citizen. But he person. had red hair. This is true, though, actually, and all the Harkonnens. And this is a good point. All the Harkonnens are ginger, which yeah. is wild.
1: You want to know why people hate gingers? Yeah. Baron Harkonnen. Yeah. Like, they're all like him somehow, some way. They've got this mean streak that you yeah. just you got to wait to find.
0: Him. You do. You see someone with like red hair, and you go, oh, he must be a Harkonnen. Red like, oh, seems like a pretty good guy. Let that go.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. He, he seems really sweet. What the? Why, yeah. What are you doing to that kitty? Yeah. Like, just... No kidding. <laughs> you, you need to milk it. Well, to get no the poison. Yeah, <laughs> it's another reason I hate cats. Yeah, because I always feel like I have to milk them. Well, that's it. So how do you, how do you milk a cat? Well, I, I can milk give milk cat. to a cat.
0: That's yeah. easy. But, but how do you get that milk back? How well, do you get it? That reciprocity of milk, well, given and then taken.
1: Well, first off, I mean, who's got fingers <laughs> small enough to find their little teats? Like, Looper? No, no. He, Not with those eyebrows. Freddie Jones is all thumbs. He can't <laughs> see past those eyebrows. <laughs> exactly. Honestly. So, you know, you know how good an epilady would be for that guy to just kind of free free the beast. What is that? That eyebrow flossing
0: is what he needs. It would take a year.
1: Oh man, you're gonna find like a Buick in there, and you're gonna oh, spot. Yeah. You know what? Passports, all yeah. of, all of the JFK evidence is like for sure stored somewhere so at in Freddie Jones' eyebrows. Jones's eyebrows. That's that's where it's gonna be.
0: That is anything you've lost, your socks, your
1: keys. Hoffa has been buried. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, yeah. you know
0: what? They uh, they were smart. The original ending of Star Wars in his, is in his eyebrows. That's right. <laughs> yeah. What is the original ending of Star Wars? Uh, well, I can't say. I haven't extracted it from Freddie Jones' no, eyebrows. Well, no one knows. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Is Luke, Luke is has t- filled this totally radical, like, hardcore alternative ending to Star mm. Wars where uh, Chewie's like, oh, how come I don't get a fucking medal? And he just starts tearing oh. people oh, he's apart. using
1: C-3PO as an uh, aluminum bat. <laughs> yeah. Just beating <laughs> the pulp out of Luke. Like. Did
0: you not see an empire when they first show? C three PO that he is dented and tarnished. It's it's because Chewbacca used him as a fucking like well,
1: Capone like bat. He's got this thumb and he's yeah. just like across his yeah. throat like say nothing, and say yes. nothing. Yeah. No <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's fantastic. Anyway,
0: so so uh, uh, so that the she stopped the film after the the Baron pulled. Uh, Dave Foley's heart plug, yep. and he just started gushing blood oh, wow. all over the flowers. Sorry, how everything. old are
1: your kids at this point? Eight and ten. And did they ever sleep again?
0: No, <laughs> not yet. Right? Not so. yet. It takes blunt, blunt force trauma to get them to sleep. There's
1: not enough melatonin there out there not. to just like powder it up and snort <laughs> it down. Like, yeah, no, for sure.
0: So, so uh, you know what? And it's it's funny because we, and this is the thing. Growing up in the way that we grew up, and it was—we're not latchkey kids or anything. But the thing is, is I that I was
1: actually a latchkey kid. You were a
0: latchkey kid. All yeah. Right. So <laughs> this is new. We should explore this. We can talk. <laughs> but um, so so we we witnessed a films unfiltered. Because mom oh. and dad were gone, and and so we would go to the brick and grab some films, come home, and the shit we consume.
1: I was about to say, like, if we get on this topic another time, we yeah. should watch this. Yeah. But let's watch BC Rock again. <laughs> I knew that because was kinda... <laughs> no, for sure. Oh my God. So here's the thing: Tristan's completely right. Like our parent, like our parents were like, oh yeah, you know what? We'll we'll go to the movie place. I mean, like all yeah. parents. I mean, this is me with kids' iPads right now. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Just uh, yeah, I, I've got other things I'm trying to do. Yeah. And so as long as my dad saw that it was a cartoon, he's like. Looks good. Yeah. yeah, cartoons are for kids. <laughs> Done. No kidding. Hey, yeah. Dad, we got heavy metal here. Yep. Go, Sweet. Go. For the it. heavier, yeah. the better. Felix the over oh, to oh, Fritz the cat. Fritz the like, fuck. Oh, it's God. a cartoon. No yeah. kidding.
0: Is, am I? Is that cat got tits? Yeah. <laughs> no anyway, kids enjoy. <laughs> no
1: kidding. Yeah, but they're kitty tits, so but that's they, all
0: right. It's yeah. all good. So, so BC rock, which we should do an episode on.
1: For yeah. The I don't even know if we can source that. It's I probably will do be my around. best, you know,
0: because I almost feel like it's, it feels like almost like a Canadian cartoon. No, is it funny. is.
1: hundred percent. I is think it was it? produced by Canada. Oh, yeah. By, uh, who it was the raccoons? Uh, Novana. Novana. I wonder if it's a Novana. It's probably on CBC right <laughs> now. We <laughs> oh, used to catch some fun stuff on yeah. uh, Nova, on CBC. Yeah, like, yeah. And some of the, again, we should actually talk about this too, because uh, if we go into rock and roll. Yeah. And some of the other kind of cool stuff that we saw as kids. Oh, yeah. Sweet, super sweet, oh, fire thing. and ice. I mean, oh, wait. that uh, was not on CBC. Though. No, no, no,
0: no. But we well, did some, I guess some cool like, anime. Yeah, and the animation that sort of surrounded us. I mean, we can talk. We actually watched it. We should watch it again. Actually, um, uh,
1: the uh, or in the Legend of Stargazer, which is the biggest <laughs> biggest rip off of Star oh, Wars. Oh my god! Like, how is Lucas not still in litigation <laughs> over this? Like, <laughs> you fuckers took everything, like, everything that I made. Oh, I know. It's it's not even yeah. like subtle. Anyhow,
0: well, we so so we had no filter really watching these shows and when you if you go back and watch dune there's some pretty like pretty tense moments pretty there's a there's a dream by paul where the baron is ripping the flesh off of his father's face as poison gas
1: escapes like seeping out of his gaping wounds oh yeah it's pretty intense so i mean again 11 and 8 were just that that's a bit to take i mean again it's kind of like your kids' ages.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's exactly our my kids' ages. So with no watched.
1: one there to intervene, you just gotta let let them like yeah. Let the needle spin. That's yeah. it. That's so it. for sure. Yeah, that's interesting you would say that.
0: So let me ask you, were yep. you much of a Sting fan
1: when this movie came? Yeah, oh gosh, are you kidding? Like so Was you that know, a draw for you? Did you go, oh, that Sting? No, I wasn't looking I wasn't looking for Sting, but I yes. knew that Sting who he was when he yeah. showed up and I was like, Oh, that's kinda cool. Ah. Because you know, one of the things, especially around that age is that crossover between acting and music didn't yes. happen in the same way it does now. Like, I mean, yeah. look at Gaga. I mean, she's up for, like, you know, Academy... Well, I guess wow. snubbed. Star but, is born, blah, blah,
0: blah, blah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, I think it was way more prevalent. Yeah. Uh, and I think this was sort of such a novel thing. And then if you look backwards, and you, I know you tried to introduce some of this earlier, but, you know, the people who were attached to the original, mm. uh, you know, sort of Dune vehicles... I mean, you had Salvador Dali. You had Mick Jagger, who was, oh, like, Jesus. kind of yeah. attached to this. So it seems like mm. this high sense of art that comes from the source material yeah. was attractive to a lot of different creative types like people were like oh my god I want to I want to be participating in this because it's really cool And so seeing sting there I mean uh, synchronicity mm. was a huge album right mm. like so uh I was definitely like a police fan for sure what was that conversation who approached who do you think
0: if in if, if you if you imagine the scenario yeah. who approached who to go into this film was it was it David Lynch sort of going? You know what we need? That's my David Lynch voice. We need
1: uh... <laughs> David Lynch sounds nothing like he that. He sounds He's like in that. the movie. He's got a very kind of hello there. Like <laughs> I guess it's for the specific character, but he, yeah. he definitely does not have a. <laughs> but this is this is him as the director. Isn't right. it? We need Quatted. someone who
0: is shit hot, who's gonna yeah, who's who looks good with a shirt off.
1: Let me tell you how that went. (laughs) This was the studio going, this thing is going to be a dog. Yeah. (laughs) No one's going to... What the fuck? (laughs) Like, just reading through the script, like, I'm lost on page... Half page. Like, I've got nothing out of this. Not even you know what we need? Corman would take it. Oh, I know. So seriously, it's like, we got to put someone in there that's going to bring yeah. the ladies. Like, this is a date night film. <laughs> the date least. night no, film? Kidding. This is the worst rom-com ever developed. And so, like, if you put Sting in it, the girls are going to go. Uh, and nope. then better yet, he's going to be wearing, like, some space... Okay, no you're gonna see some space weenie ladies. That's like, it. Yeah, he is actually the most naked person in that film. Like, he is. really, there's very little nudity. There's no sort of sexual tension at all. He's the one That's max right. naked human in They're, that entire thing. You're exactly right. I think. Yeah. Get used to saying that because that makes me feel good, and it's always <laughs> going to be true. Pico.
0: But it is so odd to see him sort of pop. There, I guess I didn't. It didn't make sense to me at the time.
1: I don't. I mean, I didn't question. No, no, no. I mean, it it was entirely plausible. And if you think again about the sci-fi movie, like Fade is an assassin. He's like he is actually kind of naked-ish in most of it, and like Fade's character in the sci-fi series, or sorry, Fade's actor, he's got in good shape. Oh yeah. He's like super like he's pretty ripped up, and he likes to do a lot of stuff, kind of like half naked. So it does make sense. But truthfully. I guarantee you that was a marketing ploy. Like, someone yeah. was like, we've got to rescue that demographic and That's get it. them shoehorned into this fucking S- film.
0: So maybe it was a conversation with Lynch when they were like, he okay, just- you know
1: what? Bowie <laughs> just did fucking Labyrinth. And, he, and, and he, here's what was missing from that movie. Yeah. Clothes. He should have had way less clothes. He had a massive cod piece. <laughs> no and he's, he's the- trying
0: to marry a fucking, like, 14 year old <laughs> we got a lot of Perry groups who called in
1: about that film yeah <laughs> mind but, you Jennifer called. but my takeaway uh, Gosh, but geez. my takeaway
0: from that is that you know what Rocks does with big cocks so. Yeah. Yeah. so Lynch you can make your movie <laughs> yeah. but you need to have one of these guys in it and we got Jagger lined up wait, wait a minute no. Other one,
1: yeah. Okay. Oh, you you don't. Uh, okay, <laughs> let me flip flip. flip I think I got Keith flip. Richards on. I got st- Keith. No, I got he, he, no. I got, I got
0: our here, and he is ready to go full <laughs> black and nude oh, for no you, kidding.
1: Lynch. Oh my God. The no. Least okay. Sex Who else I got? No <laughs> kidding. He's going down his Rolodex. Like that's yeah, it. exactly. That's it. Yeah. Peter no. Gabriel. Okay, Sting. Sting. How about yeah? Yeah. Well, and I mean, look, hey, Sting is a cool guy. He is a cool and, guy. And he's got that edge of crazy. Like, it's yeah. actually a pretty nice fit. He and Stink continued to act after the fact, right? Yes, like, we were watching Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels the other day. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't do a ton of work, but I think he can turn in a reasonable performance. Mm. It's just so
0: fascinating. And, and he does a good job, you're right. Yeah. And he doesn't do anything toward the soundtrack, which is kind of unusual,
1: too. It's a bit a a kick in the dink. Like, a here's Toto in, in the background, like, yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> How did they land on? Tomorrow? No, we talked about a little bit when we were watching the film yeah. because you think about all the great soundtracks that are coming out right now and, and the different yeah. types of sci-fi, right? So here's Queen, yeah. and they just finished like doing Highlander. A, a, a terrible Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Yeah, Flash Gordon. Yeah. Flash Gordon. yeah, so Flash Gordon's not a ter- not a great film, but no. that soundtracks. Pretty rocking, right? Pretty rock. That was and, the best thing about it because oh. the, the whole movie was just sort of like made up on the spot. Oh yeah, for sure. Like you and I right now with a green screen and a set of like leotards could totally make Flash Gordon over. Like I'm dying to do Ming the Merciless. Like I want. I, yeah. I don't care about the lawsuits. I think it would be just a riot. But for sure, like at that point, awesome bands doing soundtracks, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. But there's no way you walk into that movie going, "Here's the ideas we've got for it," and Lynch going. Yep, sounds good. Yeah, he must have kiboshed so much. Like what oh, they yeah. probably squeaked in yeah. was just a thin, thin thread compared to what they had as a catalog of potential music options. I had to
0: land on Toto though, like that's so wild. That blows my mind away because you know, um, Africa, yeah, Rosanna, and like this. Please, please not let itself to do. Please continue.
1: What are, what what other hits Toto has? Sorry, hold the line. Okay. Did I mention Africa? (laughs) Okay, no, you're 100% right. They've got (gasps) a very... Look, Toto's actually a pretty good band. Oh, yeah. If you want to go dive that way. But the marriage of those two vehicles, like Toto and Dune? Yeah. Nope.
0: What was... Now, Legend had a weird one, too. They eventually went with the soundtrack they had. But uh, originally, and i got to look this up. Uh, People could look this up for us, I'm sure. But Legend actually had some um um, insane group attached to the soundtrack that did it and and i'll I'll have to research it here i don't have it in my brain at the moment but it was the same thing where it was just like it was the best or most obvious uh example of cognitive dissonance you know (laughs) (laughs) it's like we have this epic soap opera sci-fi political religious mega movie
1: was it survivor like, was it Eye of the Tiger too? Like <laughs> just or, or just Eye of the Unicorn? Like ding 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 Yeah, no, I know <laughs> yeah, yeah. like evil needs to marry. Oh I know Marry right now. Cruz yeah. just shaking his head, like what the
0: fuck is happening? Well he was just happy to be
1: there. Well Yeah. What was he coming off of doing Legend? Like was it oh, was dude. Top Gun first? That's it must have been. been. You
0: know what? I'd have to do the research, but yeah. maybe.
1: But I mean I
0: mean I mean, Legend was, uh, of, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this in another film because that's another one to really unpack. Yeah. Because it, it it was all over
1: the place. And especially seeing like new versions of it nowadays, which is, well, how it ties into like, um, Blade Runner and like what what they feel like the parallels are between like that and like unicorns and like w- what they were trying. someone str- tried to theorize it's in the same universe. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Just- There's no fucking okay. way. Okay. Sure. No. You know what? Some guys spend a lot of time masturbating with cocaine and it yeah. just, everything sounds completely plausible at that point. Like, yes, I'm there yeah. and I'm there.
0: When, and Lily's a <clears throat> replicant. Did you know that? You Did know you what? know the
1: princess in <clears> that is a replicant? Who didn't know that? I mean, I wish yeah. you could actually bring something useful to these conversations. You are just—I am like the McAvoy in this. <laughs> you are You are just I I like those massive oh shoulders. God, I feel like I'm doing my glutes and I'm yeah. doing my stretches. You're no, ripped. I oh got you on my fucking. No. Anyway, well,
0: okay, so that yeah, the soundtrack was a little mad. It was a little crazy. Let's talk about the effects, just for the hell of it. You know? Okay, and, yeah. And because so. <laughs> watching it the other night, there was some obvious puppets and some obvious sort of like miniatures and things like that. But, but I actually I, feel
1: like some of it was really strong. It, like, some
0: of it was strong. And and I mentioned this when we watched it, was yes. the their interpretation of the shield technology. I actually kind uh, of liked too. Because it made sense. And it doesn't make as much sense to me. In the current
1: iteration. Yeah. So it's not beautiful, right? Like mechanically, again, and I sort of made this comparison to like, it's like the black hole, like Mm. that sort of level of technology. And the problem is at that point, and others have commented on this, I'm sure, but it's Mm. you could, Star Wars is out there. Like in Star Wars made like space cool, like, and the, and there was a fluidity and a dynamic. Yeah. And so you can't give people kind of like miniature on a string and drag it across the screen and make that palatable, right? Like, you got to do a little (laughs) bit more with it. My favorite terrible effect is the sand crawler as it's trying to go into the main speeder and they're going across the land. And it's basically, like, tumbling along like me... At the age of three, taking a Tonka truck and like driving it along, like, like yeah. vim, vim. <laughs> look at me, I'm gonna make some concrete because I'm building a road. Okay. Like it was really I'm bad.
0: Some spice
1: <laughs> because it's
0: mind altering.
1: <laughs> what do you think, Grover? Like just <laughs> mm. yeah. Okay. So anyway, no, it's like it's really bad.
0: It's not a great
1: effect. No. Absolutely.
0: But there is some good stuff but i have to say okay specifically with the shield if we're talking about kind of influences yeah. we used to play a fair bit of gi joe mm-hmm. and he-man and stuff like that we had a lot of figurines mm-hmm. action figures we mm-hmm. played mm-hmm. not dolls mm-hmm. action figures
1: apparently. so there's a very big difference yeah i don't want anyone to confuse the two yeah. i did have a cabbage patch kid so did i yeah i, well, I did too <laughs> i had a, i had
0: a garbage kit too anyway
1: well because <laughs> what uh, one ate the other and i'll let you figure that <laughs>
0: out so um um it did influence the way that i would now build my gi joes a little bit in that and it wasn't a lot of influence like i didn't grab a lot but i do remember distinctly that um my my characters that were battling other characters my act figures that were act- battling other figures some of them had shields.
1: 100% they did, yeah. because of how cool that was. That was cool. Like, the idea that a slow kill would actually get there, but, I mean, yeah. a rapid kill, and so yeah. we were watching Boba Fett, <laughs> Book of Boba Fett, ter- terrible uh, <laughs> experience, but <clears throat> it's yeah. interesting that that idea of, like, the shield. Yeah. Shield right now has become, conceptually, a pretty cool idea, and yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. When you were playing with characters, and you're like, okay, well, I shoot you with a laser, like, nope, got a shield. Got a shield, Yeah. Oh well, I slowly stab you through your shield. Well, that works. Here's the thing. <laughs> you win this round. Yeah, you know yeah. for sure. And I uh,
0: whisper in your ear as your as your lifeblood pours out. Who's the pet? You know, did a little uh, fade. Fade, Rutha. <laughs> he he says that to Paul when they're finally oh, at the end. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, someone I should give my special attention to. Yes. You know, no, I, I know where you're going with this. Yes. Thank you, you for. Like, saving you there (laughs) you're hanging one pinky on the precipice of like diving in (laughs) whoa we almost lost that fish I could throw you a bone Uh, Uh, last topic and this is sort of where we're going to sort of circle back in and know that we were trying to be mindful of not shoehorning sort of the larger sort of theme of this but one of the things I think is really interesting about this film and why I picked well I didn't pick it but why we agreed to watch it together was about parenting yeah. So here's the parenting angles, and I think there's really three distinct sets of relationships that exist. Yeah. So there's kind of Paul and his cohort, yep. of which his father's not really the main parent. Truthfully, so, he's a kind of an absentee father. Yeah. Uh, then you've got uh, how the Baron Harkonnen kind of works with fate a little bit. Yeah. Because he's, he,
0: he's well, his ne- both both him and, and um, uh, the Beast Raban yeah. are his nephews. Correct. Yeah. But he
1: is that father figure. You never really yeah. see his nephews. You know his. Uh, Upset, uh, obsessively his his brother yeah. whom, um, or brothers who kind of are involved with Fade and Raban, and then lastly it's uh, King Shaddam yes. or, or Emperor Shaddam IV yeah. so you know you've got three different sets of relationships so first off I want to touch on kind of uh, Shaddam because yeah. I think that's actually pretty typical of most sort of royal families right like you've got these bigger sort of larger than life figures who kind yeah. of uh, working on their sort of duties and then you've got someone whose life is basically all duty yeah, like, your kids are are an asset versus right. part of the family. They're there's something to be used for play, for some kind of gain. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right, so. Right. And then in the end the repair that happens so that uh you know Paul becomes the emperor of yeah. the known universe yeah. and uh the marriage between him and, and uh, uh, Shadam's Shaddam's daughter kind of kind of comes with saves that whole thing from going into total chaos. And so I mean if you were in that position and you had to be, this is Jose Ferrer's like daughter and then it's yeah. Victoria um, or Virginia Madden. Madsen, sorry. Virginia Madden, yeah. So she's like, she's obligated. And, you know, yeah. you get more of a sense of this in the sci-fi series, but she's yes. really, her whole life is just dedication to this. Like she is basically preparing herself to be someone's wife.
0: And and, and she becomes a trophy wife in the books, which is horrible. Like she, she just becomes a <clears throat> chronicler of Paul's sort of whole existence which is sad but anyway precisely yeah so okay and now talk about the Baron so the Baron's like he's kind of that
1: one so you've got the one sort of like he's the fun uncle (laughs) he's the super fun hey you want to go kill some guys fucking go with that let's do it let's pull some plugs let's have some fun you get a grenade you get a grenade like like it's just no kidding (laughs) it is pug life until the pug gets you no plug life oh I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you also don't choose plug life, uh, but both have their charms. Yeah. So, so this is a crazy thing. Like, in, I don't know when you see people who have really indulged their kids. Yeah. Like, I, I, I part of me wants to be kind of more that stringent dad, like a little yeah. bit more disciplined, because I want I want people to see my kids and go, my kids are fucking awesome. Like they yeah, are cool kids. They're polite. They're you know they've got good manners. They're engaged. They're interesting. And so when you see people who kind of like. Let the, let the kids run wild. And you know what? There's also room for kids to be kids. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But there's that way extreme. And this is kind of one of those things, right? You foster the the sort of the indulgences. And I don't know what he's hoping to get from those guys.
0: Well, they might be like machinations for him as well. They might be tools for him to use for his greater gain as well. But right. he enjoys. And I know especially like... And even in the, in the movie, like... Um, the Baron, you know, when Fade, when when Stink comes out in his um, space thong <laughs> kind of thing, he's looking at Fade, and and I think it's not it's, it goes beyond sort of lust. There's a bit of lust there. There but is I, a bit but of I, lust, which is I also, interesting.
1: It is interesting. It's uh, definitely in the books, though, he's and not in, not in that the sci-fi, old. actually. Yes, yeah, yes, yes,
0: yes. But they, um, but he's sort of like, this is the leader I want to kind of. This is this is the the visage I want absolutely. To As as the leader of the Harkonnen sort of planet. Well, and
1: think how much when he's looking at Fade, it's also often juxtaposed about when he's getting surgery done or when he's getting some of his medical treatment, right? Like, I think he is very cognizant of his (laughs) disgustingness. Like, he's really heinous. His gooey bits. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, he's always going, like, if I could have been as ruthless... And as like tactical as I had, like if I had my brain, but I could put in that body,
0: beautiful body, yeah, then
1: that would be perfect. So I think he's very much trying to cultivate some of that savagery, yeah, but also trying to transplant. Like he even says, "I'm sending Raban in to savage these people, to absolutely break them, yeah, and then I'm going to send in Fade because he's going to be the savior, the savior. So it's because he looks like the savior." Well, he does. I mean, again, he's like he's a handsome fella. Yeah, uh, he's good on the bass guitar. He's uh, he's great.
0: He's um he's not chasing olive oil. No, like, uh, <laughs> like Rabanus is all the From
1: time. Rabanne, yeah. So uh, that same actor plays Bluto in the Popeye adaptation yeah. with Robin Williams, and fuck, it's hard not to see Bluto every time because he's got kind of a squinty yeah, he eye. Yeah, does like, do yeah I mean,
0: I mean, I mean, I <laughs> mean, I
1: mean. He's mean. He's mean. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they really worked yeah. hard on the lyrics for that, that yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, oh, all Jeez. the songs in that oh, fucking Popeye. Anyway, heard. that's a whole other mo- uh, yeah. podcast. But that's actually anyway. that would be pretty fun. Yeah. So anyway, so you've got this kind of one terrible parent um, who is, you know, really indulging all their worst impulses and yeah. kind of using them only for what political advantage he can have. Yeah. And then lastly, let's talk about Paul's cohort because, again, Paul's dad isn't. I think he's. It's. The portrayal that they use in the David Lynch movie, yeah, is not the same as it is across all interpretations.
0: It's obligation, but there is some tenderness there.
1: But it's not as much
0: as the Denis Villeneuve No, uh, definitely. But but Paul's mother is is definitely the the champion for Paul.
1: Yeah, and I mean we you mentioned this before, but she was like she did such a great job of that role. Like she's yeah. completely sympathetic. She's absolutely like very human in her responses and her reactions. And so you know like. So that's the center for him. I think Paul always yeah. wants to be like his dad, like I think most boys want to emulate their sure. fathers in some way, shape, or form. But it's really her nurturing beyond the skills yeah. that has absolutely shaped him. Jeez. And he's got like three or four surrogate fathers. Oh, yeah. yeah, he
0: does too. You're right. Actually, Stilgar becomes a father. Um, Stilgar for even, sure. In a sense, even... Um, I mean, they don't talk about it in, in the Lynch film, but but uh, Janus or Janice Janus... Um, who in the books and in the Denis New and even in the um sci fi, he has to kill uh uh Janus to um to find his place amongst the Fremen. Correct. Kind of thing. So even through his death he finds he get he learns, he gets some, some like grown up advice from that yep. situation. So yes. you're right. So you he got, has a lot of surrogate fathers.
1: So yeah. you got like Duncan, you got Thufer, yeah. you've got uh um, Oh
0: Thufur too, yeah, Duncan yeah. and yeah.
1: So, I mean, one of the things about Paul is he he's never really left to fail. Like, I think yeah. all the other, like, sort of kids and their parent dynamics in this are really sort of exercises in failure for the most part. Yeah. And, yeah. and you really get a better sense of, like, what does it mean to ex- expose your children to different experiences yes. and to different mentors and to have a lot of different influences because that makes a more rounded package.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, when you've just got court life, from sort of a, Sh- a Shadam the fourth sort of uh, perspective, I don't I don't think yeah. there's really much to gain there. Like it's all obligation, all duty, and that is a potentially unsatisfying role. Yeah. The opposite of that is the Harkonnen experience, where it's yeah. just like anything you want, go yes. kill, like rape, pillage, do what you need to do. Sure. Honestly, it's all going to come out in the wash. Yeah. That that's the extreme that is also like absolutely yeah. different. Yeah. So those two are kind of like the two worst. Possible examples, and then you get the one sort of village example with Paul, and I think, yes. you know, this this is a bit of a stretch, perhaps, and I don't think this was ever the um the purpose of writing the book. Yeah. But I think the one thing I took away now as a parent, and especially watching the film when we watched it, I was like, "Huh," I, I kind of get this. Like, you know, we're really fortunate. Like between yeah. our family and your family, and mom and dad, and how they all we got sort of putting a
0: big village.
1: We? we got a really great village, and I think. Yeah. There's different things that we're all bringing to those equations and different experiences. And I don't think anyone is so selfish or so blind to the idea that letting the kids kind of be around everyone and have those experiences is what's going to make them so well-rounded and so like able to take in things as they happen and that's kind of like that optimal parenting that i'm, I'm yes. kind of hoping for so again that's take-away. i'm like, pretty I like blessed that. pretty yeah. blessed on that one hashtag blessed hashtag blessed yeah let me well, let I'm me just strong. hold on i'm gonna to go to my our corporate
0: uh, <laughs> website that we use
1: uh specifically exactly. for this yeah no it's pretty good yeah.
0: yeah yeah so um yeah those are good parallels i, I think that it that, that's a nice assessment of, of of the sort of groups the parenting groups of this f- film and, and you see the outcomes of that don't you
1: oh you definitely do like yeah. I mean you look at how it plays out I mean in the end yeah. uh Rabon, Rabon loses his head oh well, yeah uh F- Faye gets fucking murdered yeah and then of course like Virginia Madsen's character just gets like locked Shucked into servitude yeah. like you say she's just a chronicler so I mean you know if you're too rigid with your kids you're just you're going to get someone who never is able to follow their dreams. If you get someone who gets too indulged, like they're going to go down a path that you can't recover because you've never set any like ground rules for them. And if you kind of have everyone work together to kind of make that optimal experience, I think basically at the end of the day, you're going to get someone who's well-rounded and it may not be perfect and Paul's a flawed character in many ways, but at the end of the day, you've kind of preserved this one... Great thing.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, you want you want that um,
1: Jesus-like child no to emerge from your Do
0: Well, brain. do you? <laughs> do you?
1: <laughs> no kidding, because I yeah. I can't take the preachy. Yeah. Like I I don't have any time for that. Anyway, I think point. this was a pretty good synopsis on uh, on Doom.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think we got some learnings out of this for sure. And uh, and you did good. I think that you um you know you were able to really figure out. Uh, uh, you know more the humanistic pieces of this in this really high fantasy kind of idea well thanks man yeah i think that you did you did well in in really extracting kind of um some core parenting ideas out of this well it's kind of was a hope you to know do. and, and i think that um yeah you, you gave us some some pieces to think about but i do have one thing to ask you yeah wh- wh- what is really what, what is it that is why don't you go get your fucking shine box Fuck, motherfucker This has been Getcha Shine Box with Chris Ham and Tristan Ham. Intro and outro music by Ross Smith. Tune in for more episodes as we discuss movies we watched and stuff we did as dads.